What's going on guys? My name is Tyler Louder. He is Aaron Ben and this is Second and Short. And we are back to talk about the sleepers and contenders for the 2020 season. Uh, if you guys missed our previous episodes over the past two weeks, we talked about the four teams we think that might be able to sneak into the playoffs and surprise you. But this week, we're doing something different, Aaron. What are we doing? Well, yeah, this week we both took a conference. I got the NFC, you got the AFC, and we each chose who we think is like the strongest contender, like Super Bowl favorite to come out of that conference. So if, for this episode, we're going to be talking about my pick from the NFC, the New Orleans Saints. And the next episode is your pick from the AFC conference, defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and while these episodes might be a little more predictable, I think it's necessary to still talk about it and to shed light on just how good some teams are. Yeah, I, th I think I think we took we spent a while talking about how like with our new edition series we talked about how certain individual players fit in on each team, and I think we need to, it's good to take a look at teams as a whole too. So yeah, and we apologize right now, Saints fans. We're going to talk to talk about your team over the past couple of weeks. We have uh, talked about Gerald McCoy injury. Uh, just on last Thursday, we hyped up Haha -Ha Clinton Dix released. Uh, who else do we talk about that something happened? Oh, the Oakland Raiders. Sorry, whoops, whoops. The Las Vegas Raiders. We talked about Prince of Mukamura and how he's going to be starting at cornerback, and he got cut. So, Saints fans, today we're going to talk about some players, and they might not be here by the time you hear this. Yeah, one of them's what one of them's probably gonna get cut. We kind of been jinxing people. So let's, in all serious, let's jump on into this episode and let's talk about the 2019 season. Kind of a a quick summary, maybe like a two minute review of their season. If you remember that first Monday night game last season, week one, they had a crazy, crazy last second victory over the Texans, where they kicked a long field goal to win the game. Uh, Breeze was injured in week two in their first loss of the season to the Rams, but then they went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater starting, including impressive wins against both the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Uh, they only lost two more games that season. One was against their division rivals, the Falcons, and then they also lost that high-scoring game against the Niners, uh, finishing the season 13-3, and which might surprise people wasn't enough to get a first-round bye. They had to play a divisional round against the Vikings uh, uh, because of tiebreakers. They lost to the Vikings for the second time in three years. That's the third year in a row they've lost in heartbreaking fashion in the playoffs. Uh, six straight playoff loss by one position. And let me tell you, Saints fans are, are fed up. They've had it up to here with these heartbreaking playoff losses. So they're trying to come back. Repeat their regular regular season success and get over the hump and make the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, and send Breeze out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, and we've been saying this for the longest time, and I'm not going to stop saying it. Drew Breeze is in his final year. I truly believe that. And what I believe about that is that the Saints are going to be contending again, obviously, by this video, that they are going to be pushing for a Super Bowl nod. And I think that. If the Saints win, it's done. There's no question. I think if the Saints get to the Super Bowl and lose, he's done. The NFC Conference Championship, we can say, is a, is a coin toss. 
But if they lose in the first or second round again, I think he might come back for another year. But in my eyes, I mean, all things are pointing up for the Saints in this team. Yeah, I mean, they've made a lot of changes this this offseason. Uh, they didn't really lose any key players, if I'm looking at the moves. They lost Teddy Bridgewater, who, I mean, you say backup quarterback isn't too important, but this season we saw how important he was. It really helped out. We also made a video on him and how he fits in with the Panthers. Uh, and then they also lost uh, wide receiver Ted Ginn Jr. We talked about how he's going to be replaced uh, by Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I think that's a big upgrade there. Uh, so you can check out our episode on Emmanuel Sanders. They also signed uh, Saints fan favorite Malcolm Jenkins. Had a... Started his career with the Saints, played a bit with the Eagles. Now he's coming back home to the Saints. And they also had a Jameis Winston, which was an interesting add. Um, <clears throat> because if Drew Brees gets hurt, then that's who's going to be coming in to try and save the day. Uh, in terms of draft picks, they added, like, their more interesting draft picks was Cesar Ruiz on the offensive line. And then... It, Linebacker Zach Bond from Wisconsin, who a lot of people had him going like end of the first round. They ended up getting him in the third round. Yeah, overall, this Saints roster was already impressive coming into the offseason. And I think that they have added key pieces to continue this can, you know, contendership that they have right now in the NFL. I like that word, contendership. It's not even a word, is it? But it's, it's, it is it for is this now. series. But what I like about it is the fact that, like, you look at their draft picks, and what do they do? They needed another guard or maybe potential center. Granted, they just got Eric McCoy not too long ago. Uh, Ruiz can play all interior positions. We hyped him up so much when we were talking about the draft process, how we thought he was a lock to go to Dallas because they needed it so bad, but stuff fell differently for them, and I think the Saints benefited from the way the draft fell because then they were even able to pick up Zach Bond, who can play on the line or off the line. Overall, top to bottom, offense and defense, which we're going to break these down individually here shortly, they have a very good team. Like everything, even their backup quarterback is Jameis Winston, who just had his own ESPN 30 for 30 last year. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, that is. I was like, I must have missed that episode. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's called coin toss, you know, 50-50. It's, it's, he scores touchdowns or he throws an interception. But, uh, you know, so let's start with the offense. And all, all jokes aside, they lose Ted Ginn Jr., but they bring in Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, short question there. Is that an upgrade? It definitely is an upgrade. If you remember, we talked about how Emmanuel Sanders, he's uh, number one or number two over the last couple of years in getting yards over the middle of the field. He's going to help out, especially with Drew Brees kind of fading arm strength. He can get Sanders the ball with running room. And that's kind of what Brees has been doing the last couple of years is those quicker throws, reading the defense quickly, getting the ball out quick, and getting the ball to the receivers with room to run. If I remember the stat correctly, he has more yards over the middle than than Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith had put together last year. So I think that's only going to help. We talked about how that's, that's going to help Michael Thomas as well. Um, they don't have to target Michael Thomas on every, every throw now. They have a very good pass-catching core. They still have Jared Cook, who, who 
played pretty well last year. Um, so in terms of pass catches, it seems definitely got better uh, compared to last year. Now talking about another pass catcher, probably their number two wide receiver um, from the past couple of years, and that is their running back Alvin Kamara. Now over the past couple of weeks, or we've been, you know, he had like a cryptic tweet and everything and it was like i'm sorry and then it was like that's it and we're like what are you sorry for and everybody was like <laughs> did he get covid is he hurt but the real thing is just it's a contract dispute and we're seeing it this this 2017 running back class has been hyped up so much and christian mccaffrey got his money and then leonard Fournette gets cut by the jags and picked up by now division rival for this that we're talking about, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now we start going down the line of what's going to happen to the rest of these running backs that everybody has been touting as like the best running back class in history. Or at least they've been saying it has the potential to be, uh, in my eyes it is, just because there's about 13, 14 relevant running backs that came from that draft class, and that's just such a high volume number. Currently though, Alvin Kamara, I uh, did practice last week. Uh, as the time we're recording this, it was yesterday. He he practiced uh, despite the ongoing contract negotiations. There's rumors out there that they are not far apart. Let's talk about this. If these negotiations move into the season and he holds out, how big of an impact does it have on this team? I mean, you saw he was hurt for a couple of games this year. He was playing the whole the whole season kind of uh, hobbled and the couple games where he didn't play, they, they kind of took a hit. So I think that's, that's the biggest question mark I have regarding their offense, because not only is he their running game, I mean, they have Latavius Murray, but he's not exactly, he's not Adrian Peterson. He's not Alvin Kamara. Um, but he, he's not only the running game, he's also plays a huge part in the passing game. Uh, he's a very versatile back, so uh, not having him is going to hurt a lot. I think we're, also, we're trying to see if he's going to be healthy and also if he ends up playing if there's no contract disputes. And I think I read a tweet like yes, last night before I went to bed that they're kind of like moving forward. I think they're patching things together. I think I'm expecting him to play. I don't see any reason that they won't uh, have him on the field this year. Yeah, Sean Payton just said recently in an interview that they are, he said to quote exactly, we are focused on him being a part of our week one plan. And to me, that right there just kind of shows like there's no messing around on this deal. They're just, they're just kind of, it's the fine details. And we say this over and over again. You say it a lot and everything. And it's like, like we're not contract guys. So I don't know what speed bumps could be in the way. I'm not sure what he's wanting. It's probably going to come down to like guaranteed money and length of contract is really, I feel like the biggest thing nowadays is like, how much money can I make right now? And how long do I have to wait till I can make more guaranteed money? Yeah. Uh, if they get a deal done before the season starts, kind of doubtful, but I mean, maybe they like kind of promise him that they're going to get something done. Uh, I don't see this being too much of a problem going into the season. The New Orleans Saints here are a team that has, you know, they're, they're just a really good offensive team. And I think even if they lost Kamara, uh, Latavius Murray, the backup running back, 
could do an admirable job. Uh, Ty Montgomery, you know, used to get starts in Green Bay, and he's bounced around. He was just with the Jets, but he's a guy that used to be a wide receiver and is converted to running back, so he has pass-catching ability. I'm not saying these are great options, but I'm saying they have slight contingency plans. It's not like they got some like undrafted rookie backing him up. They, they've got solid veterans who know how to play the position. So let's talk about slant God, and that's Michael Thomas, that quick slant, you know, like the let me catch it three yards and I'll get you another three yards. Let's talk about that guy. He just broke the single season record for most receptions in a season. Drew Brees loves him. I mean, the only, the only person that saw over 70 targets last year uh, was Jared Cook. So there's really not a lot of other volume going somewhere else. Do you see that trend going up? I don't see that. As long as it's working, I don't see them like actively trying to take targets away from him. Like we saw last year, how that how that was very effective, and they won a lot of games, and he had a lot of yards, a lot of catches. If that's working, I don't see any reason to change it. Um, but may, if teams do start kind of trying to put more emphasis on guarding Michael Thomas, and I think we can expect to see. Emmanuel Sanders getting up there, like getting above 70, 80 targets. Maybe Jared Cook also edging close to, to maybe 1,000 yards receiving. It kind of depends on how the other teams play him, to be honest. And my thing is, is 185 targets, is that going to stay around that range? Like you're saying, if it, if it ain't broke, don't try and fix it. You know, just, just, just ride what you got. But do you think with them, if, if Kamara is back and is healthy, and now you have Emmanuel Sanders in the mix, do, I, I, do you even think that's possible for him to get that many targets? Or is the ball going to kind of get spread more around because they have more talent? I think if, if he's open, the ball's going to get to him. I don't think Breeze with, or, or Bridgewater were forcing the ball to him at any point last year. It's not like, it's not like they're dropping back and like he was double covered and they're still filling it to him um so i think if he's open he's gonna get the ball ready what did this offense do exceptionally well last year and do you think they will be able to continue in that range like what do you think is the one thing they did really well i think a really underrated aspect of the saints offense the last couple of years has been their offensive line at least if we're talking about I mean, Saints fans know they've got a great offensive line, but from an outsider's perspective, and I don't think that's going to change this year. And I think that's going to be continue to be an asset for them. Even as we talk about all these star players they have at the skill positions, I think the offensive line still is going to be a key factor in them winning games. I mean, yeah, they only gave up 25 sacks last year through 16 games, which is a number that I think they can drop and improve a little bit. The biggest thing here for them, too, is that I think that Drew Brees, I don't think Drew Brees' arm is as gone as everybody says it is. I'm not saying that he's going to be slinging 65-yard passes, but I think this, like, this like, notion of like him only being able to throw intermediate routes, like 10 to 15 yards max, I think he's just kind of not putting enough respect on Drew Brees' name. He is able to understand what he needs to do to get the job done, and I think he's going to do it. This offense right now was like number three in scoring last year. Uh, they were what in total yards? Nine, ninth overall. Ninth overall. I see both those numbers 
you know, the, I see the Saints offense being able to retain that and continue to push forward. Uh, offensive yards might move up a little bit because Breeze is willing to push the envelope a little bit more than Teddy Bridgewater, and I think they will trust him to throw more than they had Bridgewater throw. Overall, this offense is set for Highlight City this year. There's so much good on this offense, and even if Drew Brees goes down, I mean, you got Jameis Winston that is going to gunsling like crazy. I mean, he is the modern-day Brett Favre. (laughs) Now let's talk about this defense and all the new additions they had. This defensive line is great. Cameron Jordan is one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Marcus Davenport is still developing and grew, you know, growing up. Zach Bond is a guy that can rush the edge as well. And they got a decent set of t- uh, tackles on the inside, which is probably maybe their weakest spot on this defense. What I want to talk about, though, is how the New Orleans Saints used to be a team that gave up so many. Remember a couple years ago, they were just like, if you want to beat the Saints, just throw on them because they can't stop anything. But these defensive backs now, they're impressive. I mean, they've got one of the better quarterback tandems in the league, in my opinion. They got Marshawn Lattimore, and they brought Janoris Jenkins in last season, kind of later on in the season on waivers. He played well enough to to allow them to justify letting Eli Apple walk. Lattimore and Jenkins is a very solid cornerback duo. You can't forget about having Malcolm Jenkins as well. I mean, they've got a very good backfield, and that's not even taking into account players like uh, P.J. Williams. Marcus Williams and DJ Swearinger. I mean, they've got pretty solid all-around defensive backfield. I mean, they got the former Florida safety, Chauncey Garner-Johnson as well, who I think was, in my opinion, slotted to become a starter this year had they not signed Malcolm Jenkins. But, I mean, just right there, we're talking about, like, DJ Swearinger. Well, he's a former starter for the Houston Texans. We're talking about two legit starters, two good depth pieces right there. That cornerback... They're set with Lattimore and Jenkins, but P.J. Williams and Patrick Robinson have both showed flashes, you know, having ability to be starters in the NFL. They are eight deep at defensive backs, and that is that is dangerous for opposing offenses because they can run receivers dead, rotate a guy in, and run them dead again and just drain these teams as the, as the game goes on. I think a player people don't talk about enough Outside of the Saints fan base is Marcus Williams. He's kind of known for the... A lot of people just know him as the guy who missed the tackle in the Minneapolis Miracle. But he is one of the better young free safeties in the league, in my opinion. So we can't sleep on him either. Let's move up, if we're in the backfield. Let's move up to the linebackers. Do we like this linebacking group? I think there's a lot of positives, a lot of negatives. But what are your thoughts when you look at this linebacking group initially? I think they're solid. Um, they've also kind of got some injury history there. Alex Anzalone and uh, Kiko Alonso both have uh, been injured in the past. Kiko Alonso, I really like him. Zach Bond is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him because he was kind of toted as a sort of a tweener. I think people are kind of projecting him to be a bit better as an off the ball linebacker, but a lot of people want to see him rushing the passer as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Uh, overall, Linebacker core is solid. With these linebackers and Zach Bond, I think for him to get the most playing time and for them to get the most out of him is what we said in his like draft preview before he was taken by the Saints. And what we've constantly been saying as fans of the NFL is that in 2020, versatility kills. 
It dominates the game. The it's it, it's not like I'm really good at this. It's I'm good at everything. And I think Zach Bond is going to show the ability to come off the edge on the ground or as an off-the-ball linebacker or have the ability to rush on the inside and become a run stuffer. He's going to be one of those guys that in a couple years, I don't think we're ever going to look at him as like a superstar, but we're going to be looking at him as like the glue to defenses for a guy that just goes out and can do everything that you need. Yeah, kind of one of those defensive leaders that is presence doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet as much as it does like in in the locker room and in the like you said kind of the glue holding everyone together cameron jordan he loves to talk trash and he backs it up do you think that he will continue his elite play as like a top five defensive end and is it necessary for him to continue to be the anchor as a follow-up question, or do you think the rest of this line will start to pull together? I think a lot of that depends on who's playing opposite Cameron Jordan. The Saints have a, a couple of players, talking about Marcus Davenport and Sheldon Rankings, who are solid players, have shown pass rushing ability, but have just had the injury bug. They finished, they both, I think, finished the last couple of years on injury reserve. So if if we can get, like, healthy support players on the defensive line. I think there's no reason to see that we won't see Cam Jordan uh, continue with his uh, outstanding play. I mean, for me, it's just, he just recently turned 31 and defensive ends are a weird position because they don't actually have like an age gap where it's like they're done. I mean, we just saw Cam and wake who was, you know, coming into the NFL at age uh, 63 and just had like, almost double digit sacks a couple years ago. And so like these guys here, that's just why I think it's because like I hear so often every time I like turn on a, a, a football news station or channel, or I listen to somebody and it's like running backs are done at 30 running backs are done at 30 running. And so like, I just hear like 30 and I assume like, Oh man, 30's old. And then I remember mm-hmm. here in like a couple weeks, I'm going to be turning 30 and then I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not old. Like, I can. <laughs> You're pretty old. The Rock. But 15 and a half sacks. Do you think that he will. Well, I'll just go 14. Over or under 14 sacks for Cameron Jordan? Yeah, I'm going to go over, but not by. That's a pretty tough number. I would say over, but at like 15. Maybe 14 and a half, 15. Right on that number. Let's move into schedule, and then we'll uh, dive into the predictions. They open the season with a very big game. They are at home against Tampa Bay, and this, I think, will set the tone for the 2020 season for them. Right after this game, weeks two, three, and five, they are literally playing Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football. So it's a lot of primetime games. And then they have a week six bye, which is really early, especially for a team that has so many aging veterans in that have been hurt recently, like Drew Brees, Emmanuel Sanders, Malcolm Jenkins. Talk to me about the schedule. What do you see that is like a key opportunity to solidify themselves as the best team in the NFC? Well, first of all, I want to say that having them, having Drew Brees, Drew Brees play, play Tom Brady in the first game of the season is a great idea. In term, I'm sure that's not an accident. 
and by the NFL scheduling committee. Uh, <clears throat> I think a big game here is going to be against the Packers in week three. That's Sunday night game, prime time. That's kind of two 13-3 teams from last year. That's going to be a big game. And another huge game is going to be week 15 against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's kind of that's kind of towards the end of the season. Both teams will be in like their their fighting fighting form, going to be fighting for playoff position. That's going to be a real that that game's going to kind of really tell us if which teams are really elite in this league. So I think those are two games I've got my eye on. When you look at their schedule, they're going to be taking on the AFC West this year, uh, as well as the NFC North. And then obviously the same teams that finished in the same spot they did, uh, as in the San Francisco 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles. It's a pretty tough schedule, but I think this team is good enough to, to continue on with, the, with, the, with their success in recent years, and I think they're going to probably be making it back to the Super Bowl. I think, honestly, that their floor is 10-6. and six. I think even if Breeze gets hurt and Winston's there, they're going to look fine. I think a lot of things got to go wrong for this team not to get double-digit wins. I have them pegged for 12-4, and four, and that really, for me, is do they split with Atlanta, which history kind of says that they might, especially when they go to Atlanta. Do they beat Kansas City? Do they beat San Francisco? And then Minnesota Green Bay, they have to win one, if not both of those. But ideally, I don't see the I don't see the Bears being a problem. I don't see the Lions being a problem. I don't see the Panthers being a problem. Same thing with the the Chargers and maybe the Raiders. But really, I could see this team starting out seven and zero, and then going into Tampa week nine. Like I could. Now let's move into some bold predictions. Do you have a bold prediction for the Saints for twenty twenty? Uh, well, my bold prediction it's not really bold at this point, and I kind of hinted at it at the beginning. I think Drew Brees is going to go out Super Bowl champion like we saw with John Elway when we were kids and like we saw with Peyton Manning just a few years ago. I think he's going to go out on top right off into that sunset. You can write, you can write it down now. I got Saints winning the Super Bowl this year. All righty. That is going to do it here for us on second and short in this contenders episode for our sleepers and contenders of 2020 series. Be sure to smash that like button let us know how great we're doing or comment down below and let us know what we did wrong. Also tell us what player we just jinxed and won't be ready for the week one of the NFL. Hit that subscribe button to keep showing your support for us. I mean, the more subscribers we get, the better because it just shows that we're doing something you guys enjoy. Over the past two videos, while we have gained, I past this series, we've gained like 23 subscribers. So thank you everybody that has subscribed to us and everything. Also, make sure to check us out over on Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere you get podcasts. The links are down below in the description. And if you want to see some extra stuff, Aaron, where can they check us out? Check us out on all social media. And we're on Facebook, Twitter. We try to interact with people, set up polls and stuff. And on Instagram, we don't only just post the, the episodes. We're posting like status updates and news flashes discussion points things like that um so feel free to send us a message on any platform any time of day and i'll look forward to hearing from you Alrighty, thanks for listening guys y'all have a great night